2: Power Pizza is king. Hashtag Tower Pizza is king. Funny thing about slogans, right, about slogans. Theirs is, we're the second best pizza. Tower Pizza. Those are my friends. My, bro- my very. They call me the 5th Saragella. Four brothers Thank you. that own and operate that restaurant in Esteban, Tower Pizza. And they say, we're the number, voted number two pizza. Who's number one? We don't know, but we're number two. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi everybody, welcome to the RP Show, coming in hot in a brand new week. It's episode number 1144 of your favorite daytime sports talk show, and we are at it live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Spotify. Let's bring in the Darren Moose DuPont. You can see where I am in beautiful South Florida. Moose is by the Christmas tree hanging out in Toronto. I told you, Moose, that... I was going to get you laughing here right off the hop, ready to get it going. I will tell everybody that um, our next segment, Stephen Ellis will join us from the Daily Faceoff for a little World Juniors preview and Gene Principe coming up in Hour 2. So we don't have a lot of time here in Hour 1 to get into all of the topics. We'll push a lot of them into... Oh, he's Segment 3. Who's Segment 2? Oh, it's me and Moose? Oh, so we're good. Okay, Uh, I was speaking a different language than our production crew. That's on me, but it's still okay. (laughs) We'll make our way through. Uh, That's not how I meant to make you laugh, Darren. You see this new shirt that I have on here today? Yes. Uh, This is from the clothing brand in Florida. It's called Whole Life, my friend Mark Gundry. He's been on the show before. But he knows, uh, that the, he knows that I like, to his term, bold clothing. This is Florida Panthers colors, and I had a knock on the door on Saturday, and voila, there was these clothes for me with the RP show on from whole life. So I, I don't know. What, are you giving it the thumbs up or the thumbs down or a scale of 1 to 10? What are you thinking about this polo from whole
3: life? It's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot going on but I'm I'm going to give it the thumbs up. I think it looks good, and it suits you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, you're the boss, not me. You don't need to
2: butter me up. But um, I'm looking in the mirror this morning going, I look like a rodeo clown. (laughs) That's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Or or Ronald McDonald. I don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, thank you, Mark. It's going to be a staple of my cl- wardrobe. And I also want to say this. Something came down the pipe last night that I'm kind of excited about. I'm going to speak to the Cardinal Gibbons High School Chiefs football program. One of the top high school football teams in all of America. They're having their wind-up tonight. And I'm going to speak tonight on leadership and goal setting. And I don't know. You know Matt DeBuck is a good friend of mine their head coach, CFL alum, and I don't know if their main speaker backed out or why they asked me. I don't know. But I'm starting to get fired up about the speech. And I'll be honest with you, for those that are watching right now, I used to, I would get so wound up on a day like today because we're taping the show, or no, we're live now. We're live now. And then after this two-hour show, we're taping our best of shows that will air over the holidays. And then I've got this speech tonight. And all these things, I would have been losing my mind. But I've realized that I just, you know, one thing at a time, I'll write. We'll tape that show after this, and then we'll, I'll write that speech for tonight. And uh, it's good. But Alan May, yours and my good friend, Washington Capitals TV host, uh, was, wrote me this morning, and he says, do those kids listen? This is Alan May. You know Alan. A lot of time in the NHL as a player and now on the air and, and in uh, Washington. And I said, well, I said, if we hit at least one, we're happy. And we got into this whole talk about that. So I'm going to bring up Alan May tonight as a guy that, you know, you got to trust your good friends and that kind of thing. But I'm landing the plane for the best of. Darren, this show is so much fun. Like, it's hard to believe that it's a job. I was like, what are we going to talk about for the best of? And Clark said we had to tape four long segments. So for this best of, it'll air between Christmas and New Year's, I think twice. I did a top five stories in the NHL in 2023, top five stories in the CFL 2023, top five stories in the NFL 2023, and then the top five other stories. It's a mishmash of the things that we pay attention to, but we don't talk about a lot on this show, like Nick Nurse being fired, the Shohei Ohtani sweepstakes, the World Series, and then Centennial Cup, Memorial Cup, there's that. But uh, didn't that sound like fun? I got them all written down right in front of oh, me. Yeah. I feel like doing that show now.
3: I'm, you know, I'm curious what you're going to have on each of these lists. I think it's going to create some fun back. I know. I, don't, so I was sitting there going, how are we going to fill all this
2: time? Oh, my God. And then I got writing down the top five stories. Five, four, three, two, one, bing. Just to let it out of the bag. What do you think the number one story in the NFL was in 2023? The number one story. What would you say? Taylor Swift. No. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, Tom Brady retiring. A Tom Brady. In 100 years, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Tom Brady winning seven Super Bowls, not some pop star wiggling in a luxury suite. What's
3: wrong with you? I, I feel like 50 years from now, they're going to talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Um, I said 100 that's years. That's good? That kind of made me forget. I almost okay. forgot about Tom Brady retiring this year.
2: I'm not sure I can continue with this show. I thought you were a fan of Tom. I thought you were a football fan. I might, I might have to rejig my top five uh, as it stands. I didn't even have Taylor Swift in there. We have spent less than a minute talking about Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey. Anyways, can you hit the horn? I'm sure Tuna's sitting there just- to the quick six hell yes i don't even know where to start we're gonna start with hockey because we're live on canadian television and then 31 u.s states and we'll come down to the nfl of course because my guy chris sanford i bet him double or nothing on tommy cutlets tommy devito and what did tommy do and i said to chris from the bronx i'll buy you a chicken sandwich anyways so we're going to go do that tomorrow, but we're going to start with hockey because everybody else is talking NFL. Uh, just five leftovers from Sunday night. Evgeny Kuznetsov scored the only goal in the shootout to lead the Washington Capitals over the Carolina Hurricanes 2-1 Sunday. In Newark, Adam Henrique scored three goals for his career first career hat-trick, and Anaheim snapped a five-game slide beating New Jersey 5-1. In Chicago, Brock Besser, Ilya Mikheyev, and Dakota Joshua scored in the middle period, and Vancouver beat Depl- Completed Chicago 4-3. Conor had two assists and a losing cause. In Vegas, Jack Eichel and Ivan Barbashev each had a goal and an assist. Logan Thompson came off the bench to make 20 saves in Vegas. Beat Ottawa 6-3. And we wind the tour up in Denver where Nathan McKinnon had two goals and two assists to extend his point streak to 15 games. And Colorado beat San Jose uh, last night. I'm not sure what the final was. Doesn't, ma- doesn't matter. Colorado won. Uh, what were your takeaways, leftovers from the NHL Sunday or through the weekend overall?
3: Yeah, those, I mean, watching the Vancouver Canucks, uh, you know, get past Chicago, a game probably closer than some Canucks fans wanted. And then, um, you know, through the weekend, a couple things, you know, Oilers dropping a pair in a row now, back-to-back games, um, kind of puts them before they go out on the road. And, uh, you know, kind of more of a statement game, I think, for Pittsburgh than Toronto. I couldn't believe the 7-0 win on Saturday. Uh, leaps over the Penguins without Austin Matthews. I think without Morgan Riley, too. Um, this season for Pittsburgh has not gone the way they drew it up when, they, when uh, Dubas traded for Carlson. They've got to find a way to reset here over the holidays.
2: Dubas brings soft hockey to Pittsburgh.
3: This, again,
2: the older people like Bill who in Toronto, who's texted in, I'm going to read his text in a minute, it's hard, man. It's hard being a visionary like I am. When you see things other people don't see. Do you remember when the Penguins hired Kyle Dubas and I was sitting there going, what? What? Why? Why, why are they so excited? <laughs> What's this guy done? That would have everybody in Pittsburgh excited. And now look where they are. And they're hanging this one on the general manager, Kyle Dubas, and I don't blame them. Uh, I'm just saying, when you sit there and wait for everybody to catch up, it's a long wait. It's a long, lonely wait. Bill in Toronto writes in, Darren, on the Sober Carpenter text line, and everybody else can too. 902-518-3033. Sober Carpenter non-alcoholic craft beers. Ask for them by name at your favorite beer, wine, and spirit store. Bill writes in and he says, uh, I love the shirt, Rod. Bold is in these days. Now get some flowered shirts. And I'll buy some. Oh, I got a closet full of those. Oh, he's saying R.P. Show flowered shirts. We'll get there. We're, we're working on it. We are working on it. My five favorite that? words
3: we're working on.
2: Yeah, buddy. What do you think the number one story in the NHL was for my list that we're doing later on today?
3: Number one. Um, I'm going to guess either the Golden Knights winning the cup um or that was two that That was was two around in florida where do you got Eh, but
2: that was kind of rolled into one right because vegas meets florida it was kind of but odd just two words connor but odd the number one story in the nhl in 2023 read him and weep i will remind people that the sober carpenter text line is not my own personal number. And I'm not going to allow that to upset me because I could say it 87 million times. I feel like I have and people aren't listening, so I'm not going to allow that to upset me. But I open up the phone here on a Mondays and I have all these personal text messages, one being from Jimmy Two Tables. You know him. I'm like, you'd think he'd know. This is not my personal cellular phone, so I don't respond to them. I don't flip it open until we go to air. Boy, lo- I'm loving having all this time And I think my masterpiece was the CFL top five stories, but we're not going to do that here. From the National Football League Sunday, here in Miami, Raheem Mostert scored two touchdowns to set Miami's single-season record at 20. Two threw through for 224 yards and a score. And the Dolphins blanked the New York Jets 30 to nothing, even without star receiver Tyreek Hill. In Buffalo, James Cook had a career best 179 yards rushing and scored twice as Buffalo dominated on the ground. And the Bills beat the Cowboys 31 10. That snapped Dallas's five game win streak. In Music City, Kaimi Fairborn kicked a 54-yard field goal as time expired in overtime, and Houston rallied from a 13-point deficit without C.J. Stroud to upset Tennessee 19-16. And I'll just throw this in for my guy because I know he's watching right now, Chris from the Bronx. Derek Carr in New Orleans passed for 218 yards and three touchdowns, and the Saints sacked Tommy DeVito seven times in that victory over New York. I think it was 24 to 10, but either way, the Saints won. So I got thoughts, but I've been talking too much. What are yours coming out of week 15 in the NFL?
3: Yeah, that division um, in the NFC, Tampa, New Orleans, um, Carolina, Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, it is, it is tough. And it was a really tough day for Atlanta. Them losing and having Tampa get past Green Bay and having New Orleans win. now all of a sudden Atlanta goes from the division lead, down into outside the picture looking in, um, that's going to be an interesting one when you think of divisions. And then we wondered on Friday you know, why the Bills are favored over the Cowboys. Uh, the Bills are a team that yeah. nobody wants to face right now if they find a way to get into the playoffs, and it looks like they're going to. Um, I, I don't remember a year where so many teams are in the conversation for the Super Bowl because there's a lot of them, and Dallas, despite the loss, is still in that conversation. Uh, are they?
2: <laughs> You're speaking to a Cowboys fan here. But by the way, that final was 24 to six, and I just got a text from my guy Chris Sanford. One word: outclassed. Tommy Cutlets Devito is an honorable mention of my top five NFL stories. Just a bit, spoiler alert. But uh, my thing on the Cowboys, as the long-suffering Cowboys fan that I'm, at least they won three Super Bowls in my lifetime. Unlike. Your uh, Leafs have never won a championship in your lifetime. Maybe you're the problem. You never ever thought about that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're the problem. But with the Cowboys, um, I, again, I'm trying to enjoy the journey. I watched the game at Buffalo. They to quote Paul Maurice, his paraphrase, "We weren't ourselves." <laughs> well, who was it? <laughs> you know, like? They can't win on the road. And by the way, Palmo didn't say that when when the uh, Panthers didn't score a goal in Seattle or Vancouver. He goes, we're capable of a lot of good things, a handful of good things, none of which you've seen the last two games. That was on the weekend. And I was like, well, um, whoever paid for those tickets, I'd like to know who they thought they were watching. And same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, here's my thing on all this. They can't win on the road. I think they're It wouldn't be four and five on the road, or would it be that much? Either way, they're below 500 on the road. And they've won a million in a row at home. And the Cowboys are chokers. And my main thing where I get swept up into this hype living in America is all this talk of Dak Prescott having an MVP season. Everybody kissing his butt. You knew that it was going to be the kiss of death for one. And after the game, I think he threw for 134 yards. And he threw a pick for the first time in five games. And Dak goes, and I understand you shouldn't put a lot of stock in post-game comments from coaches or players, but Dak goes, uh, it's tough to put our finger on why we can't win on the road. (laughs) Would you mind putting some thought into it, Dakota, and getting back to us? It reminds me of Brock Sunderland, the general manager of the Edmonton Elks, standing at midfield at a news conference going, I don't know why we haven't won a game all season. I I, I really don't know. (laughs) And I'm like, if you don't know, fella, who does? It's your job to know. And within a couple months, he was fired. Dak's not getting fired. But the fact that he's sitting there with a loss for words, why they are a completely different team on the road than they are at home, is a little concerning To yours truly. Anyways, when we come back, we're going to talk about tonight's NHL games because Chucky with the Florida Panthers is returning to the Saddle Dome and we're wondering what kind of uh, reaction he's going to get. Jets are home to Montreal and the Jets set a club record. A good one on the weekend. We got Monday Night Football. I will throw out just for fun our CFL Top 5 Stories of the Year because we are recording our year-end show later on today and I'm I'm looking forward to it already. We'll be right back. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live.
0: Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? emj marketing is the place to go emj marketing is one of canada's top speaker bureaus with some of canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster emj also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and mcs so whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event do it with one stop emj marketing take the first step to success for your next event
1: It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
2: Cracking the lid in a brand new week, it's the RP Show. Checking the text line, Leanne writes in on the Sober Carpenter text line, 9025 He says, I'm heading to, she says, I'm heading to KC tomorrow to spend Christmas with family. My brother bought tickets for the Chiefs and Raiders on Christmas Day. Pretty excited. That stadium's almost three times the size of Mosaic Stadium. Let's bring in the moose. Enjoy Leanne. Travel well. Say hey to your bro for me. Um, James in Manitoba says, Good morning, RP show. I'm watching from the hunting cabin in central Manitoba. I don't kill fluffy animals, but the rest of my family does. Oh, so they're out hunting How and he's that? watching the show. <laughs> Works for me. I was good. wondering where John Ohm, where John Ohm is today. Um, he's checked in. He says, Are you not a swifty rod? Um, I like some of her music. I could tell you a lot of cool stories about Taylor Swift. Um, none of them are bad. Like, I, you know my friend Shay. He had a job, and it was driving the country stars around at Craven. Country Jamboree. Big country jamboree. What more do you need to know? And Taylor Swift was one of those people that he drove around. She was still a teen then. And uh, I don't know if I ever told you. Probably didn't tell you this story. They went to the a and on North Albert, and her meal was like a teen burger, fries, and a root beer. Came to like thirteen sixty-five, and Shea wouldn't let her pay him because he wanted Taylor Swift to owe him for the rest of her life. And actually, that was the, it was 2013 because George Strait was there the same year. 2013 or was it 2010? 20. I'm getting old, sounding like Lynch here. I think it was 2010. Uh, but they all, all the country stars signed the top of a guitar, all of them. And Shea had that in his office at Prairie Mobile Communications. And so there was Taylor Swift's signature was on there and George Strait's. And I said, I'm going to cool. come in here in the middle of the night. Yeah, and if the top of that guitar is missing, I don't know who took it. Or I might take a jigsaw and cut around the George Strait signature and just pull that out and you can have the rest of the guitar. I don't want it. It's what the George Strait sign. So anyways, he drove Taylor Swift around. I don't have a problem about it. I, I don't understand the fear or around it, but, but they're getting serious, Darren. She took her dad to the game. Did you know that? Did you know that? <laughs> I know her dad um, was at the game at Gillette stadium.
3: Well, it's, it's pretty wild. And, you know, and then you got Al Michaels on the other side. I don't know if you saw this where he said, we need to make the game about the game. and, You know, we're going to cover Swift only as much as it needs to because the game is the game. And then all of a sudden, he's not on NBC's playoff coverage anymore this coming season. So uh, you don't mess with the Swifties, Rod.
2: You got to be careful what you say. Look at Bob Costas went on an anti-gun rant. (laughs) Never seen again on, I think it was Sunday Night Football or something and Bob Costas. So... You just never know. Thank you, Al Hordell, for chiming in, and Al in Saskatoon says it was twenty ten. Thank you. I had the, I knew if I'd named all the years, I would have eventually got it right. Um Jason in Red Deer says, Rod, don't give away all the goods on the best of show. Well, I might just to keep y'all coming back. It's what I tell you we're the heroine of sports talk, but just give you a little taste of it. You can't you can't say no after that. Connor Bedard says Wayne in BC is living up to the hype. He's once again proven the naysayers wrong. And he says, I think Bedard is a shoe-in for rookie of the year. He's the number one story. He's the number one story in the NHL this year. I got to stay out of the comments and get back on track. But just for fun, just to throw a stink bomb in and then run. Here's the CFL top five, and then we'll go to tonight's NHL games. Cool? Let's do it. Your top five NHL... Your top five CFL stories from 2023. Read them and weep. Number five, Cody Fajardo signs with the Montreal Alouettes. Number four, Nathan Rourke signs the top Canadian with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was January 16th. Number three, the Edmonton Elks set... And then break the North American pro sports record for longest losing streak of 22 games to beat Ottawa 30 to 20 in August at Commonwealth. Number two, Saskatchewan Roughriders firing head coach Craig Dickinson just a couple of days after the season ends. And number one, Montreal Alouettes beat Winnipeg 28-24 in the Coupe de Grey. There's your top five. I'm not spending any more time on it than that because we've got a lot of football coming up later on in the week. So to tonight's games in the NHL, there are five. And uh, our poll question today revolves around that. Let me tell you, call it up. It's brought to you by Key Auto Group. At the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. You're welcome to vote for any one of the five that there are. Uh, Anaheim at Detroit tonight. Minnesota at Pittsburgh. Seattle at Dallas. Montreal at Winnipeg. Or the true correct answer, the Florida Panthers at Calgary Flames. It ain't even close. I'm voting for Florida at Calgary. Last I saw, they were leading. They had 46% of the vote. The Jets game had 42%. Uh, what do you think's the game of the night in the NHL, Moose?
3: Probably that one because of, you know, Matthew Kachuk's return to Calgary. I think that's the biggest story. And I think we have to pick out the the stories, Um, not not necessarily our favorite teams. And I think that's a big story of the year, you know, the return back and see how he does and see the reception that he gets Um, and see how he plays too, because there's, I don't know if there's going to be a target on his back, but you know, he wants to go back in there and play well.
2: Right. Well, let's spend some time on this for a second. And, uh, hey, I'm trying to, I'll stay on the hockey here, but Dave Watson is watching in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan on Game Plus TV, and he writes in on the Silver Carpenter text line, and he says, hey, Rod, looks like the Cowboys are called the Fairweather Cowboys. Right? We covered that last segment. I don't know if Dave just turned his TV on. We covered it. We talked about it. We put that to bed. We're moving on. Uh, great coverage. I just discovered a new website and media outlet today. Uh, maybe you've, Have you heard of field-level sports? No. Okay, me either. And they had a really good article previewing the Flames and Panthers tonight. Field-level media, actually, is what it's called. Field-level media. And it talked about how this isn't just about Matthew Kachuk tonight. You got Mackenzie Weger, obviously Jonathan Huberto, You've got a lot of guys that weren't even part of that trade. Sam Bennett for Florida. You've got um, the Lamborghini, Ryan Lomberg. Uh, Jacob Markstrub was initially drafted by the Florida Panthers and spent some time there before, you know, winding his way out around the NHL, Vancouver, now Calgary. Um, that, that, that's why this game is so big tonight. And we will spend some time on the Jets' Habs, because we're an equal opportunity club show. But... It's my commentary today. Invite, I invite you all to go listen to it on Cat Country 98, LTD Radio, or read it at rodpeterson.com. A lot has changed from even a year ago when Chucky went in there with the Panthers. Number one, Florida lost 5 2. I believe that was the score 5 2. It was a listless Panthers effort. I didn't expect much out of Florida at all at that time for the rest of the year. And I, I was debating this, kind of going back and forth with the Panthers fans today. It was a combo of cheers and boos for Chucky. Like they started on one and then went around to the other. And somebody said, didn't they start cheering and end up booing? And I said, I think it was the other one. I think they started booing and ended up cheering in a TV timeout. But anyways, here's the Panthers going on to the Stanley Cup final. Matthew scoring the biggest goal in Florida Panthers history. Even Bill Lindsay, who scored the biggest Panthers goal until that time for 30 years, concedes. Matthew Kachuk now has the biggest Golden Panthers history, was the series clincher of the East Final against Carolina. That's what Panthers have taken off like a rocket. They're tied with the Leafs for second in the Atlantic. And I sit and look at Calgary, and I want your take on this. You and the audience, because we have a lot of viewers in Alberta, what's changed with the Flames? They're out of a playoff spot, three points behind Arizona. They're sitting there going, do we want to lose the rest of the way? Do we want to be sellers at the deadline, which is another thing. I'm sorry, the media that I'm seeing coming out of Calgary is barn burner podcast. And I know all those guys, Pinder, Warner, and Boomer. They're pushing the narrative for the Flames. Whether you like it or not, what they're saying is what I'm buying. I watch their stuff. It keeps popping up in my face all the time. They're the ones that are saying that this team is playing great hockey, but losing. It's perfect. And then come trade deadline, deal them off. And let's start the rebuild. That's what they're saying. They don't speak for the team. People need to understand that. The media does not speak for the team, especially those guys. But that's, that's what I'm picking up out of Calgary. They're still in the mushy middle. They're not near the top. They're not near at the bottom. They're just flirting around that playoff line, as they always do. And they're saying, finally, let's do something about it. That's what they're saying. Um, do they have it wrong or do they have it right, do you think?
3: They're in a, definitely in a crux like that. They definitely are, where they have to make the decision. And, you know, it's how much, how dissimilar is this to Winnipeg's situation? We thought about this, you know, a year ago or more, um, that Winnipeg was in that spot. Well, they made the decision to deal some players, but then lock in the Scheifleys and the Hellebucks and, you know, with, with Rick Bonus as the new coach, go after it, and it's working. I don't know if Calgary's in the same spot, you know. Uh, Goudreau left, Kachuk got dealt out, right? And then you kind of bring in some other stars and um, move things around. Things aren't working. Zadorov goes out, new coach, right? They got to decide. And I think it's going to be the opposite for the Flames. I think you're almost going to look at, okay, what pieces are here long-term and which ones aren't, and what can we get the most value for at the deadline? If you move Tanev, if you start moving Lindholm, you move some of these guys out, You're going to be looking at full-scale rebuild, but you have young pieces like Dustin Wolf ready to come in and take over that number one job in the next couple of seasons.
2: For sure. Um, Just checking in from the comments. Arlen Bruce III writes in. He says, "R.P. and Moose, great morning. Shout out to Mark Gundry with that wicked shirt." Yes, Mark Gundry is the man behind the Florida clothing brand, Florida Clothing Line Whole Life. He produced these shirts. And uh, you can go check out their complete inventory at whole-life.com. Thank you, A.B., for pointing that out. Jason in Red says, the Flames just love being mediocre. I don't think they love it. I just don't think they know any way out of it. Um, John Ohm says, I love that shirt, Rod. How's the golf game? Joking. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> I've not golfed in three years. That would surprise nobody. Um, and yes, well I do think I look like a bit of, like a rodeo clown, it's an incredibly comfortable shirt. It fits perfectly and it's from whole life clothing brand here in Florida, in Florida Panthers colors with the RP show logo. They know what I'm all about. Jets Habs is the other, only other option. And I understand we have a lot of viewers in Winnipeg. So I facetiously say that they're not, you know, and a lot of people would think that's the game of the night. And how about the Jets? Can we stop for a minute and observe the play of the Winnipeg Jets? They're not in first place in the Central, but it's a neck-and-neck it's neck race there. And they set a record. What was it, 6-2 they beat Colorado, I think? 6-2 Saturday? And they set a record, Jets record, for seven consecutive games of holding their opponents two goals or less. When I said last week that the Jets are, are the best NHL team in Canada, I wasn't whistling Dixie. I watched the games. It's their time. It's their time. What are you seeing out of the Jets and uh, your thoughts on that game against Montreal tonight?
3: Well, it's important. If the Jets are going to contend for a Stanley Cup or have any hope in going deep in the playoffs, you need Connor Hellebuck to be playing like a Vesna Trophy candidate. He is. You need team defense and keeping pucks out of your net. They're doing that. And you've got to be able to score, and they're doing that too. So they're checking a lot of boxes uh, right now in Winnipeg, going into the holidays, I think it's a good spot to be in. Um, and right now, I think for the Canadian hockey fans, I go back to when we asked about who was the best Canadian team, and we really had Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, or Edmonton, Vancouver in that mix. We got a real opportunity to bring the cup back to Canada because there are four teams that legitimately have a shot at winning the Stanley Cup, and Winnipeg is as good as any of them.
2: I'll see you in an hour too, two, Darren. You bet. Okay, when we come back, Stephen Ellis joins us from Daily Faceoff, and we will be discussing World Juniors for a segment. We'll be back in a moment live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and DM me, or email Recovery at aol.com. It's never too late. You're hearing it a lot. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Andy Williams sang it. And while a lot of people talk about the Christmas holidays, they also talk about the World Junior Hockey Championship. And joining us to talk about it is our good friend Stephen Ellis. I got to make sure I got it right. Associate Editor and Prospect Analyst for the Daily Face-Off, co-host of the Puck Poolies podcast, and uh, joins us now from Ontario. What's going on, Stephen? Merry Christmas, brother.
5: Well, Merry Christmas to you, and I'd much rather be on that boat right now than looking outside at the pouring rain that we've had for a few days here, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, hey, what's great is we're talking hockey, no matter the temperature, and a little birdie told me that you have been specifically covering the USA Hockey Camp, the, uh,
5: the Trials for the World Juniors. Is that true? What, what, tell me all about that. So I went. I, so luckily, I was at Canada's camp first, and they uh, they practiced about a five minute drive away from where I live. So that made that easy. Uh, so I was there for the four days, and then I went to Michigan for a little bit to go watch uh, the US camp. So uh, you know, it's I'm not going to be going to Sweden. Going to be covering it from home this year. Uh, we got some Swedish guys going out to help us instead, but uh, it's always good to catch up on these guys, and you hear a lot of interesting stuff when you get to talk to the, the scouts that show up to these training camps. So uh, it's a good time.
2: Well, buddy, you're cut from the cloth of the old school. That's why I love you so much. Bob McKenzie said it. I, I think it was on this show. I said, Bob, what do you tell the young reporters? He goes, if you want scoops, go to the rink. If you want to score goals, go to the net. And Stephen, you go to the rink. So what do you want to you, Yes, that's the old school way of doing it. So what'd you learn down there at USA camp?
5: Well, uh, Owen Allard is a guy that a lot of scouts are going to be keeping a close eye on. And he was kind of, if you looked at Canada's pre-tournament or um, selection camp roster, I think a lot of people looked at him, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds player and thought, why is he here? He's not putting up a point per game. He's not doing anything spectacular over the Greyhounds. But a lot of scouts I talked to really kind of penciled him in as not only a lock to make the Canadian team, and he did end up making it, but also as a guy that, you know, could really impress as a potential you know, third-year eligible prospect because he's so good defensively, so quick, and he does all that so well. He's one of the best OHL players in terms of being a defensive forward. So that's a guy that when you're cutting Jaeger Furcus, who's one of the top scoring players in the CHL, and you're cutting Denver Barkey, who was probably Canada's best forward outside of Macklin Celebrini in those two exhibition games last week, that, that says something when they're bringing him there. So he's the guy that a lot of scouts are kind of interested in
2: uh keep going keep talking tell me more what else did you see and learn down there
5: well the usa one was interesting uh, you may not know about sam hillebrandt he was an undrafted goalie prospect but the thing oh. that really excites me there is that he was playing junior c hockey last year in ontario for the stainer siskins uh they play in the pc jhl which has 61 teams so I'd say there's there's quite a few hockey teams in there about 200 people go to these games not a lot but he had a perfect record won every single game he won for that played for that team he shared the net didn't end up getting the final playoff games when they did lose but unbelievable goalie goes and he's playing with the barry colts this year he's looking great uh, i don't think he gets drafted as a, a third year eligible a kind of a guy that was completely off the radar but we do know from from reports that Andrew Oak, who was the third goalie of the last two years for the World Juniors, he declined the opportunity because USA's goaltending is way too good and he wasn't going to get a start. But that shouldn't take away from the fact that Sam Hillebrand, this guy who was playing junior C hockey, like essentially the fourth or fifth year, depending on where you're looking at in Ontario, uh, was, is playing in this his tournament as the third goalie for the Americans. That's a cool story.
2: Yeah, and I apologize because a lot of people are afraid to ask dumb questions. I'm not. i got to be honest. All through the fall, Florida Panthers training camp and the start of the regular season, it was all about Mackie Samuskiewicz, Mackie Samuskevich, My God, if I had a nickel every time I heard Mackie Samaskevich, who almost made the team. He's from Newtown, Connecticut. He's in Charlotte now. Why have I not heard with him with the U.S. World Juniors like ever? Or did I and I missed it?
5: Uh, well, he's too old. Uh, he was too old two years ago. So it's been a few years for him, but he was, he was on that junior team in 2022 when they played in the summer.
2: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so not eligible for this year's team, but still young. Okay. I got you. So we've had Craig Button on this show and he said USA and Sweden, the favorites for this tournament.
5: Um, do you agree or disagree with that? It can't go wrong with those. Although I, I would almost put Canada as probably the second best team. Now that we know they've got mm-hmm. Matthew Poitras there, that's a big one uh, having him with Macklin Celebrini and, and Matt Savoy. They've got some really good offensive weapons there. I think, you know, the one thing to keep in mind with the Swedes is very talented team. And they've also played together a few times this year. They've also, they've made up mostly of guys that played at the U18 world championship the past two years, which is essentially the world juniors for, guys a couple years younger and they went to the gold medal game in the last two years so that's a good sign for them there they've got a lot of those guys there the issue with the swedes is can you ever trust this team they every year at the World juniors they're always one of the top teams and then they seem to fall flat when it matters and we saw that against the americans last year too in the bronze medal game i think though home ice a lot of pressure but it is a group that should contend for a medal no question about it but you know the americans are about as strong of a team as we've seen in a long time. And it helps that they were also in those same two gold medal games that the U18 World Championship players were on. We're looking at a team that didn't bring Cole Eiserman, who's one of the top prospects for the draft, to camp, and then cut the top 2025 prospect, James Haggins, when a lot of people penciled him in as a top six player for this team. They got so much scoring depth. They got the best goaltending in the tournament. And their defense is considered their weakness. And they've got Lane Hudson and Seamus Casey, two of the best defenders in college hockey. So it's not really a, an issue there either. So this is a stacked team that should go out there and win. Sweden's looking good. Canada's looking good. If I'm going to give like an off-the-board team that could maybe surprise, Slovakia put, up a, put a lot of teams on a notice last year with how they played. Even without Slavkowski, even without Simon Nemec, this is still a pretty solid team. So I'm not saying they're going to go out there and get a medal, but if any of the smaller teams is going to really push, the Slovaks. Fun
2: question. Uh, to end it, the guys that are playing in the World Juniors now are going to end up playing World Cups, Olympics at the NHL's, NHLers. Get there. You must have seen the debate on Spit and chiclets where Ryan Whitney says the USA will walk on Canada in future international competition, and Biz said not a chance. How do you feel about that? Because you cover this regularly. It's your job. Uh, is USA becoming the dominant world hockey superpower or not?
5: They're definitely closer than they've ever been to being among there. Uh, I think the one thing people kind of forget of Canada is, you know, let's say we're, we're playing in 2025, 2026. You're looking at forwards that are going to be, you know, assuming they would stay at center. You're going to get Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon as your centers. And then you've got Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, all these guys that could play such important roles for this team. I think the one thing the Americans definitely have an advantage in is goaltending and then definitely on defense too. If you got Quinn Hughes and Adam Fox as your top pairing, that's like ridiculously good, but you know, Canada's, i think people kind of just discount canada because it's the top team you kind of always expect big things and when the other teams start to catch up there's that but it, it's probably the closest canada and usa have ever been to being top teams in international hockey and that's exciting to see because you look at the americans every year at the world championship they never win they always they're at best they're coming third they've never come first or second so it's kind of a difficult thing for them but the juniors program continues to churn up quality talent that if you were to put best on best, Austin Matthews, uh, Jack Eichel, you, you, Jack Hughes, like the the level of talent on that team is something I don't think the Americans have ever had. So it's too bad we aren't being able to show these guys off every two years or every four years. It's stupid. It's it continues to get stupid. I I, I kind of like the idea of a of the four-team thing just to get international hockey. But at this point, why don't we have like uh, every two years, Canada, USA, like rivalry series, like the women's hockey, like that'd be awesome. And we've never had a series like that on the men's side. That's something I hope if, if we're going to get anything, let's get that.
2: We had a few in the eighties and it was spectacular. Steven, happy holidays again. Great job. Great answer. Uh, enjoy the hockey and keep in touch.
5: You too. And don't forget the Spangler cup. Another great tournament to watch right now.
2: Gotcha. The great Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff, good friend of ours, great guy, knows his stuff. We'll be right back with a sports update and audience takeover right, this and some, uh, right after this, and some special messages have come in on that Sober Carpenter text line. We'll get to those right away. Live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Welcome back everybody. Oh man, did we crack a little worms here? That's a it's a good one. It's a real good one. And I'm still writing it. You can't see me. I've flipped back to the shirt from whole life. I told you we've got some special text messages that have come in here. Jim Hobson, the Hall of Fame president of the Saskatchewan Roughriders. He's in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. He's watching right now on Game Plus TV. He's written in on the the Sober Carpenter text line, 902-518-3033. He says, how you doing? I like the shirt, kind of a NASCAR look. Here's the thing. I slipped out of the shirt to do the Hockey Canada interview, uh, the World Juniors interview, and put on the Canadian shirt with Stephen Then slipped back into this thing. And for those, I wrote Jim back and said, this is from the Florida clothing brand Whole Life. And they did up these RP Show shirts in Florida Panthers colors because uh, they know me. They know what I like and they know what you like. So that's where it's from Whole Life, living the whole life here in Florida. Now... The can of worms that I opened up, rather unsuspectedly, I might add, was our, um, our year-end show that Darren Clark and I and Tuna, our uh, producer for The, for the Now, are, pr- are recording after this show. I've done the top five stories for the NHL. Spoiler alert, number one's Conor Bedard, number one story in the NHL. By the way, they're my top five. They might not be the world's top five. Top five CFL stories, which we ran by last hour. And I'll, I'll bring them up again next hour just to keep you hooked for that. And then, and then the NFL stories has just been a mismatch. Just an absolute dog's breakfast. People keep adding. Darren keeps screwing it up. Goes sideways like my life. Some people's lives just go straight line like my brother's. And then there's mine. This, B B. Back here. That's my top five NFL stories. Plus, other, the other category, which is always fun. And we've got NBA in there, MLB, Junior A, Memorial Cup. I didn't put Messi in there, but probably should have. Lionel Messi, that is. Sports update. Both quarterbacks for tonight's NFL matchup, Monday night football between the Eagles and Seahawks are listed as questionable. The uh, Eagles star quarterback Jalen Hurts is questionable due to illness, while the Seahawks starter QB Geno Smith has a groin injury. If Hurts can't play, the Eagles will turn to back up Marcus Mariota. And on the Seahawks side, Drew Locke could step in for the injured Geno Smith. Toronto Raptors host the struggling Charlotte Hornets in a matchup of two struggling NBA teams tonight. Raps have lost seven of their last ten. The Hornets have dropped four in a row and sit 13th in the East. This sports update is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit CommonCrown.ca. And for Landmark Cinemas, in Landmark Cinemas now, Silent Night from legendary director John Woo and the producer of John Wick comes as gritty revenge tale of a tormented father who witnesses his young son die when caught in a gang's crossfire on Christmas Eve. Silent Night redefines the action genre with visceral, thrill-a-minute storytelling. Did you go this weekend? Did you check it out? Like I told you, there's not one spoken word in the whole movie. From landmark cinemas. Hour two coming up after this brief pause.